Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Hello, everyone, and welcome to God's Word for Life. I'm Jonathan McClintock. I'm your host today for today's podcast. This is a lesson companion podcast, so for those of you who are Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Living Word Fall 2020 Lesson Manual or Student Workbook and turn to Lesson 4, intended for September 27th, 2020, the lesson entitled The Handwriting on the Wall. For those of you who are not Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Bible, sit back, and let's dive into God's Word together. Well, before we look at the Word of God and how we can apply God's Word to our life today, I want to share something with you. In his book, Life, Death, and the End of the World, Dr. David Norris tells the story of a St. Louis pastor known as Pastor Ben. After a Tuesday night prayer meeting on November 19, 1963, Pastor Ben prophesied. He said, I cannot begin to tell you what I saw tonight. I cannot reveal everything that God showed me, but there will be blood in the streets. It will shock this entire nation. You will not believe that this could happen in the United States. And just three days later, Lee Harvey Oswald shocked the world by assassinating President John F. Kennedy. Well, the FBI and Secret Service showed up to come investigate Pastor Ben Pemberton and his inside information. But when they showed up at his door, he had already passed away. It's difficult to explain away a prophecy that is fulfilled just as the prophet prophesied. It was true with Pastor Ben, and it was true with Daniel. After Belshazzar the king, after his last act of blatant disregard for God's holiness, God wrote a prophecy on his palace wall that foretold his minutes were numbered. All of Babylon's best and brightest could only offer a shrug to explain the hand and the handwriting. But Daniel explained exactly what it meant and what would happen. You see, Daniel prophesied Belshazzar's character would be weighed, found wanting, and his kingdom divided to the Medes, and Persians. And that very night, Belshazzar was slain. His kingdom was divided, and Darius the Mede began to reign. God honored Daniel's righteous life and judged Belshazzar's unrighteous life. May we learn from these two to ever live our lives to honor God. We're going to look at this lesson today entitled, The Handwriting on the Wall. If you want to turn with me to Daniel chapter 5, we're going to read a couple different passages in this chapter and look at God's Word and see how we can apply it to our lives today. All right, if you have your Bible and turn to Daniel chapter 5, we're going to look at this lesson entitled The Handwriting on the Wall. And our focus thought for today is because God will judge unrighteousness, we must choose to live righteously. Let's look at Daniel chapter 5. We're going to read verses 10 through 12 and then skip down to verses 24 to 31. Daniel 5, beginning at verse 10. Now the queen, by reason of the words of the king and his lords, came into the banquet house. And the queen spake and said, O king, live forever. Let not thy thoughts trouble thee. 
nor let thy countenance be changed. There is a man in thy kingdom, in whom is the spirit of the holy gods, and in the days of thy father light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, was found in him. Whom the king Nebuchadnezzar, thy father, the king, I say, thy father made master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. For as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting of dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. Skipping down to verse 24. Then was the part of the hand sent from him, and this writing was written. And this is the writing that was written. Mene, Mene, Tekel, Upharsin. This is the interpretation of the thing. Mene, God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Tekel, thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. Perez. Thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then commanded Belshazzar, and they clothed Daniel with scarlet, and put a chain of gold about his neck, and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. In that night was Belshazzar the king of the Chaldeans slain, and Darius the Median took the kingdom, being about threescore and two years old. What an amazing story. You can imagine sitting in that banquet hall. Of course, Belshazzar, the king, he had he had strayed from what his father, Nebuchadnezzar, who had come to understand towards the end of his life that Daniel served the one true God. And though we don't know exactly Nebuchadnezzar's relationship with God or how everything really changed in his heart, we do know he did come to understand and came to proclaim the one true God of Daniel. But years later, we see Belshazzar now has the throne, and he has totally gone off the deep end. He is using uh, sacred vessels from the house of God that the Israelites had used for ceremonial worship, and they're using these at the banquet, and they're really desecrating things that had been set aside by the Israelites for holy use unto the one true God. And sitting in this Uh, banquet hall and this lavish spread that's put before them and it really just shows Belshazzar's heart and that he had no uh, no inclination to turn his heart towards the one through one true God and this middle of this banquet this hand appears out of nowhere this large hand and begins inscribing this message on the wall of the banquet hall and it is a prophecy that actually prophesies the ending of Belshazzar's reign and really subsequently his life. I want to look at these first few verses and see, this is our focus thought for today, because God will judge unrighteousness. We must choose to live righteously. In Daniel 5, 10 through 12, we see the, the queen coming in, and the queen is reminding Belshazzar, the king, of a man in their kingdom named Daniel, whom Belshazzar's father, Nebuchadnezzar, had renamed him Belteshazzar. And so this Daniel, who the queen tells him, reminds Belshazzar about that your father, the king, 
elevated this man, Daniel, whom he called Belteshazzar. He placed him over his magicians and his astrologers and all of his wise men because in him was the spirit of the one true God. In him was great wisdom and great understanding. And and, and she began to sing the praises of Daniel and began to tell him, tell the king Belshazzar that if you want to know what the meaning of this uh, handwriting on the wall is, you need to call Daniel. He's the one that can tell you. I thought about this as I was reading this and these accolades the queen was giving of Daniel and his reputation there in the kingdom. I, I wondered, and I, I wondered about myself, and but I'm going to ask it directly to you who's listening today. But it's a good question that all of us, I think, can can contemplate. What do people say about your relationship with God? Here we have the queen just telling about how great this Daniel was and his relationship with the one true God and how he had so much wisdom. And I wonder, what, what do people say about your relationship with God? What do they say about my relationship with God? Now I know we can't go around worrying what everybody thinks about us. We can't go around worrying what everybody, they're talking behind our back. We, we can't, I, I'm not talking necessarily about that. We're going to always... There's always going to be that kind of thing. But when people genuinely talk about you and your relationship with God, what do they say? What do they see? Do you want people to see Jesus in you? Do you want to live in such a way that your life proclaims the one true God? That your life points to the truth of who he is? You see, Daniel, even living in an evil nation like Babylon, even in the midst of a wicked people, Daniel was elevated by God because Daniel lived a blameless life, a life that pointed to the truth of one true God. And I want my life to point to Jesus. I want my life to point to the Lord. And I know you do too. But then we skip down and and kind of in between verses 12 and 24, we see Daniel, he has come and he's kind of telling Belshazzar that his unrighteous actions are really bringing all this upon him. That he has chosen to live in such a way that is not pleasing to God. And he has, uh, he has violated so many religious things. He's, he's done so many things. And, it, and, and this is judgment that is coming. Daniel spends some time setting this up and telling him. And then in verse 24, he begins. He says, this is why the hand was sent. And this is the writing that was written. It was Mene, Mene, Tekel, Upharsin. And then he began to break those down. Mene, God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Wow, what a direct prophecy right here. And you, you can see from the very beginning, it had to strike fear in Belshazzar's heart. The Lord has, God has numbered your kingdom. He's finished it. Your kingdom is done. And then he says, tekel, meaning thou art weighed in the balances and found wanting. That Belshazzar, your character has been weighed in the balances and you are lacking There is something not right and something that is missing, and God is bringing judgment to you. And then he says, Perez, which was just a 
referring to the Upharsin, but says, Paris says, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. What a prophecy. He says, first of all, God has looked at your kingdom and it's done. It's finished. It's over. There is no more to your kingdom. Secondly, your character is lacking so much that God is finished not only with your kingdom, but also God is finished with you. And your kingdom is going to be divided to the Medes and the Persians, who then become as history tells us, the next great superpower in the world. But as Belshazzar hears this, and I no doubt there was probably fear in his heart, but he, he responded to Daniel because Daniel was able to interpret this, and he calls Daniel, and he clothes him with scarlet, puts a chain of gold about his, deck, about his neck, and he makes this proclamation that he should be the third in the kingdom. I was thinking about this, looking through this, and just this incredible, straightforward prophecy, this harsh prophecy from God judging the unrighteousness of Belshazzar. I wonder, why do you think God uses prophecy? Why do you think God uses prophecy? Well, first of all, we can see throughout Scripture that God uses human instruments, human people, human beings to uh, oftentimes stand in and speak for him not to make up their own thing, but to speak what he has given them. We see that all throughout the Old Testament, these prophets. Daniel was no different. God chose to speak through the prophet to judge this king. Now, oftentimes we see prophecies throughout Scripture. The prophecies are given to encourage, and prophecies are given to uh, foreshadow what is to come. And uh, prophecies like Micah 5.2, where there's going to come one, and prophesying the coming of the Messiah, a wonderful prophecy, one that's going to bring hope. Isaiah 9.6, another prophecy of the Messiah, that there's going to be a, a God is going to come manifest in flesh, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the, the Son is going to be born. So we see, we see prophecies where God uses prophecies to speak to his people, to speak to the world, and to speak hope, to speak life. But also, as in the case of this prophecy, God uses prophecy to warn and to judge. And he tells Belshazzar, your characters, your life's finished, the kingdom's finished, and this kingdom's be given, this whole evil nation is going to be overrun and overtaken by a new power. And of course, that's exactly what happened when you look in the last two verses, verses 30 and 31. In that night was Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, slain. And Darius the Median took the kingdom, being about 62 years old. Thinking about these last two scriptures, why is it so important then for us to know that God is ultimately in charge? Why is it important for us to know that God is ultimately in charge? I think, first of all, it should give us hope that God's in charge. God knows what he's doing. God's in control when it seems like at times other things are completely out of control and we can do nothing about it. It's good to know because that God's in control because God's going to have his way. And we can take hope in that. But if we live unrighteously, unrighteously, we need to also know God is in control and God ultimately has the last say so that we can be warned in our spirit that there will come a time God does judge unrighteousness. I know we don't like to hear that. We don't like to think about it. But we have got to get the unrighteousness out of our lives because God judges unrighteousness. There will come a time he's a God of grace and a God of mercy. He's a God of hope. He's a God of healing. He's a God of restoration and healing. 
But there will come a time if as Belshazzar, we continue to harden our heart and turn our self away from him and we, we're not, we don't open our hearts to him, we continue to push him away and we continue to desecrate things in our lives or mistreat holy things or whatever it may be. If we, we start down a path that leads us and we go down that path and we don't turn around, God does judge. So it's so very important, as our focus thought for today says, because God will judge unrighteousness, we must choose to live righteously. And so how can we apply this to our lives today? Well, first of all, this week I would like us all, I challenge us all to focus on making sure our lives point to who Jesus is. Just as the queen said all these accolades about Daniel and and how he lived and how his life showed that there was one true God, we, we need to live in a way that points people to Jesus Christ. We also, this week, need to heed prophecy, heed the Word of God. This whole, this whole Bible, it might not all be prophecy as far as like foretelling and foreshadowing, but others, there's our scriptures in, in, in Romans that, that kind of liken prophecy and preaching to the same thing. So we can look at this, that they're, they're, the Word of God, should convict. The Word of God should challenge us. The Word of God should cause us to to want to obey. And so we need to, when we read, when you read the Word this week, when the Word speaks something to you, obey it. Follow God's Word. Don't, we cannot ignore God's Word. We cannot just throw a gold chain around Daniel's neck and think everything's going to be okay. No, God is ultimately in charge. He's ultimately in control, and He gives prophecy and his word speaks to us we need to obey it then we also need to recognize god is ultimately in control so if there's any unrighteousness in our life there's any sin in our lives we need to be open and honest with god about it and say god forgive me i don't want to live in a way that pushes you out of my life i don't want to live in a way that dishonors you or displeases you i i want my life to please you i want to serve you i want people to see you through me i i want people to see your grace and mercy at work in my life and i want to i want to point people to you i want my life to point people to you if we'll do that this week i believe god will draw close to us i believe we can hear from him i believe god's word will speak to us i believe god will do that dear lord jesus we're so thankful thankful for the prophecy in your word thank thankful for the promises and the and the uh, proclamations and the principles of your word oh god we're so thankful for that i pray that this week lord as we look at your word and we think and meditate on your word that you would speak to us and give us wisdom direction understanding help us god to obey your word to follow your word help those that are around us that we live around that we go to school with or that we work with or that we rub shoulders with maybe it's in a store maybe somebody that, that's come to know us a little bit but that, that those that see us would see you through us just as daniel in whom was an excellent spirit and in whom you worked through and he stood for righteousness in the midst of such an ungodly nation i pray that you would help us to stand for what's true and what's right and that we live our lives in a way that would please you and honor you in everything that we do god guide us and direct us be with us i pray In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, 
visit us today at pentecostalpublishing.com.